listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel, and today I have a very special guest. So Remy Jax is a podcast host and a streamer on Twitch. She's a self-proclaimed sexpert, gamer, music lover, and a weeb. She covers a variety of topics, including sex, drugs, politics, LGBTQI+, social issues, and a variety of other popular topics. On Twitch, she streams mostly World of Warcraft, but she's been known to branch out occasionally. She's also a sex worker and a former teacher. How are you doing today, Remy? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. It, it is so wonderful to have you. Thank you very much for agreeing to be on the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is the first time I've ever been on someone else's show. It's kind of it's kind of dope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could be your first. <laughs> So obviously a big part of what you do is a lot of streaming. Obviously that's, well, not to say I haven't done little tiny fun streaming every so often, but I'll admit my viewer count is usually zero while I'm doing it. <laughs> but what do you get out of streaming? So I started streaming uh, originally because I'm, I'm a stay-at-home mom nowadays and I needed something to do during the day while my kid was at school. And I was like, you know what? I play World of Warcraft like all fucking day uh, why don't i just stream me playing world of warcraft and um it kind of grew from there um it gives me a kind of a social outlet um and that kind of ability to uh, game and it gives me a reason to improve on my game and on certain things i do um even like it makes me think about things that are going on in the world and gets me in like engaged kind of so uh if kind of gets me that and has it been relatively successful for you do you get a decent amount of viewers every week uh, return people that kind of thing uh yeah um so not to start out it took a while but uh i've been at it for about a year and a half now and uh I think I, I think I have a good group of people, my my imp army. Um, they are a great community, even though it's small, and I get to talk to some really fascinating people. And I, I've met I've I've met people that are like fellow streamers that recently that are in my area. And uh, I get I get kind of like like slowly like these bits and pieces that kind of make it all worth it. Um, it's it slowly only like it slowly comes together and then like you hit like this like i feel like i average maybe 10 viewers if i'm lucky and even just those 10 people are amazing so you you play games you hang out with with your friend with your twitch friends and just have a good time in general right yeah yeah i have been recently doing uh painting on streaming and before i do any gaming uh and it's it's been uh, kind of fun. People are enjoying it, especially if I do like uh, some like the the thirsty paintings or uh, uh, the the smoky mon lately. Uh, it you know making a cannabis themed Pokemon. 
sounds like a good time. Sounds like and you're I mean you've got a definitely something unique to offer and it sounds uh, you're not just another uh gamer sitting in a chair playing Fortnite. <laughs> I mean, I can't knock it. I love Asmongold, so and he's just another guy that sits in a chair and plays video games. <laughs> so, but yeah, I try. I try to give something uh back to my community and the people that come around and uh whether that's like, you know, I make their day better by talking to them or I uh, give them an outlet or uh, even like just like have fun and to laugh and to see something creative um, to take their mind off of reality. Uh, there are uh, a lot of people that kind of just come to enjoy uh, what it is I'm doing and uh, hear me, you know, talk about, oh God, anything like, uh, it gets real thirsty in my chat sometimes. <laughs> I know I was spying on you the other day. It was it was a an interesting time for sure. <laughs> yeah. And and you didn't die to the elevator boss, so that was good. No, no. Uh, I've I've learned to avoid the elevator bosses. Uh, that that is like I'd be such a noob. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I already call myself a, a plebeian, you know, in the game, but I couldn't handle being a noob. <laughs> I still consider myself a recovering WoW player, so I, uh, I've i never... I, I played for, I think, five years, and then, yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> it gets you. I have a love-hate relationship with World of Warcraft, especially retail, Um it's been there for me uh, at some bad times, and it's been there for me some really good time. And sometimes the game's good, sometimes the game's not, more times it's not. Um, and that's kind of why I switched over to, you know, Burning Crusade when it comes out here in a, like a week, <laughs> week or so, um, and playing Classic WoW because it gives you me. It's been giving me more of a challenge, um, and it it feels like a real game again um i played in uh, burning crusade and i've been playing for off and on maybe like 13 years and uh it's it's not the same game it was and playing classic kind of gives it that feeling of being worth the the try hard again you know sure i mean i remember my guild having to give me the 40 or 60 gold to get them out because it's just like yeah gold was so hard to come by and yeah borrowing gold to to get all my skills versus all the the retail version that's just all you know you get everything and it's so easy and level up <laughs> yep gold is uh always plentiful in retail wow um it's uh there's though they're you know they're they are making changes and you know concessions obviously you know they're they're adding things into classic that you know most players would not be happy with um but you know you have you have to modernize a little bit i understand um i i don't i don't blame them for you know instead of people buying illegal gold from you know chinese websites they you know just give classic wow their own wow tokens so they can sell tokens and get gold um that way um and it may be significantly less gold than a retail token but modernization yeah 
So you, you do the streaming and you you enjoy that. Um, you also host a podcast. If I well, obviously I know that. Yes, but, uh, yes. Um, I started the podcast. It actually predates streaming. I uh, it was a, a hobby. I started with a friend of mine originally, and um, I was like, well, what am I? What am I? What do I know? What am I good at? What am I something that undeniably know everything it seems to know about, and people come to me for? And I'm like, sex. Like that. That is that is the thing I. I, I talk most about and I read most about and I talk to people about and, uh, you know, I've educated myself about taking, you know, comprehensive sexual education courses, um, you know, things like that. And I was like, you know what, why don't we, our first early episodes were questions from uh, clients that she had because she was... Um, a sex worker of sorts and uh questions that we found on reddit they absolutely could not resist to answer um <laughs> and it grew from there and we've been t doing like sex advice essentially sex and relationship advice and i started branching out and interviewing people i interviewed someone from the sex workers project in new york city that was my very first interview i was scared shitless um it went pretty well. Um, I've interviewed two sex workers now, um, one from Australia and another that is also a Twitch streamer and a transgender. Um, I am very inclusive when I do my things because I know that uh, a lot of people aren't forthcoming with a lot of details with their questions and I don't want to assume every woman has a vagina and every man has a penis. And because, you know, we all know that's not true and women can have penises as much as men can have vaginas. And um, I it's it's helped me grow as a person, honestly. Uh, the podcast has really kind of opened my eyes to a world that I would have uh, probably been a little less involved in if I hadn't done it uh, with like trans rights and sex workers rights and things like that. But yeah, it's it's been a fun ride. It's slowed down a little bit lately um, because I just don't have all the time anymore uh, now that I am streaming regularly as possible. Um, that's a hard word, regularly. Um, <laughs> yeah, the podcast is fun. Um, I uh, I do it more for fun nowadays uh, with the what I call the love lines or the, the, the advice ones. Um, I am trying to change my content a little and start doing it on twitch um and make it more educational and less uh i don't know thirsty i suppose and like maybe save thirsty content for paid content um but yeah um it's been a learning experience and a, and a cool one yeah i mean well, i'm sure you, i'm sure you know being a podcaster i mean uh You've probably learned quite a bit. Uh, you, how many episodes have you done now? Probably enough to know. Like, probably you, you have this recording thing down, nailed down better than I do with the, the bot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've done. Um, this is while this is officially uh, episode sixty-two. The uh, uh, originally when I started this, I was doing episodes and seasons. So mm. season one, episode one, and then. Uh, 
I just, I eventually gave up and said, you know, we're starting over. We're starting at 50 and just going to keep going from there. So this is officially like our 12th one that we've done in the new format, but I probably did at least 60 or 70 before that. That's so, yeah. You got a lot of them under your belt and I'm sure like everyone has been a learning experience. Um, I still can't get my audio nailed down. Uh <laughs> yeah, it, it can be that. Yeah. Obviously that's one of the biggest challenges with any podcast is I, I've actually had to scrap whole episodes. Cause like, Oh God, I sound uh, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Feels. <laughs> I don't want to, I mean, I want to put it out there, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, one other thing that, that I saw that you did is you do that you have been doing OnlyFans as well, or at least it says you had. Yes, yes. Um, obviously not being a, uh, shall we say, someone who is appealing on the platform, uh, I have not been on that side of it. But I'm kind of curious, how is this, how's that been going for you during, I mean, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, how's it been going? So I didn't start... Uh and only fans until February this year. Uh, and it was literally just because I got tired of joking. I'd make one. Uh, but uh, I finally just said, fuck it and made one. Um, I have done uh, sex work before things like uh, cam modeling and things like, you know, chatterbait back in the day. Uh, I used to do it in college. So uh, comparison, I'll say, is it's very much user-friendly OnlyFans uh, when this site isn't down. Um, but um, I know a lot of people that were sex workers pre-pandemic and then after uh, the pandemic hit, they took like a, senior, like, a significant financial hit. Um, and uh, it it's it's a lot harder i think uh to ask people for money nowadays uh when we know that everyone is struggling for it um i know some people that have reduced their prices because of covid and that means their income takes a hit and it all kind of makes it hard to justify raising your prices eventually too sometimes um but uh as far as me uh, for OnlyFans, it's just been these last couple months, and I have loved every minute of it, uh, even when people get angry at me and send me angry messages because I don't provide services that they want. Um, it's, it's it, you know, it's a public service. It's like It's like any customer service job, and honestly, I've ever done, you know, growing up, you know, this fucking... You, having to please people in some way or another um you know the only difference is is i can smoke weed and be naked and people are going to pay me for it and that's the thing i love to do you know is to just smoke weed naked in my bedroom and listen to music all day if i could do it all day every day and play world of warcraft like that i probably would um <laughs> but I ha unfortunately my family wouldn't survive <laughs> They always say you should find what you love doing, get someone to pay you to do it. So there you go. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good platform and I wish they would, uh, I wish only fans would be more forthcoming about the fact that people use their platform for sex work. Uh, they try to market it as something else, you know, a creative site, a DJ site, a music site, you know, one of these other places that you can platform your stuff like a Patreon. Um, 
but if they would get real and actually market it for sex work too uh that like i'm I'm sure like that's what we're looking for as far as far as like any sex worker is it to be normalized and mainstream and be like yeah people come to this site and take off their clothes what of it you know like uh, own up to it a little it would be nice for only fans to do that i didn't realize that i i every time i've ever heard only fans in any context it's always in the context of sex right work. right and that's what i'm saying but if you i've if you've ever seen an only fans like advertisement it's for like the last one I just saw was for DJing. Another one I saw was for like creative crafts and painting. Like, no one thinks of OnlyFans like that, but OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always think that they somewhat marketed, or at least the original concept was, you know, like you're a band and you're 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 getting your fans to come directly to you, so you can give them like exclusive videos or something like that. But every time I ever see it. And maybe, I, I don't know if you're on FetLife, but... Um, Not in years. <laughs> well, the, the thing, at least it's become somewhat of a, I think it's somewhat of a pandemic. I mean, I understand it. I Believe me, I'm not, I'm not trying to marginalize sex work or anything like that, so don't misunderstand. But what I see constantly on FetLife is, here's a sexy picture of me, check out my OnlyFans right below. Yeah. Heck, I I saw a photo the other day of somebody with a minivan, and they've got the you know the stick figure kids on the back, and then a big all across the top. Check out my OnlyFans, and I'm just oh like, oh my god! <laughs> like, um, I mean, it's a minivan first and foremost. I mean, I'm not again. I mean, <sighs> hey, however you want to market yourself, go for it. Um, I myself like more tasteful measures, um, but. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to knock anyone for doing what they need to do to get by. A lot of people started an OnlyFans because of the pandemic as well. Some men started an OnlyFans like sexually because of a pandemic. It's, you know, and that's the thing is like, uh, it's so, it's like a social norm amongst everyone in every circle. What When you say OnlyFans, you think titties, you don't think, you know, bands or you know things like that um and i think like obviously that's because of mostly like memes and shit but um you know the memes are right if you want a ps5 let your girlfriend be on only fans like you know if you if you value if you value like any like you're like if you value yourself and your self-worth and you don't think that sex work is something that's gonna like in make it devalue like go for it um it's obviously not for any everybody though and i i understand only fans and their pr and wanting to distance themselves from the more risque uh parts of their clients i suppose if you want to call them that um I don't know what would you call an OnlyFans like a creator, but I guess right they're they're creators. Yeah. Um, but they make money off them. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know it, it. They they should. Uh, there are some things I have a problem with OnlyFans. Like they shouldn't be taking percentages out of tips, um, and things like that. I think that really fucks uh people um but other than that like it's a good place it's a it's a good place to get your feet wet for se sex work too i mean it 
you know, it's safe. No one can see you unless they pay for you. And, you know, you can block people and like reject their money and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, it's it that like if it goes so far, I know OnlyFans can block IP addresses. So it's a secure place. It's not a uh, a place where you you're you're going to get bombarded with assholes right away. I'm sure you'll get a few of them as everyone does, but it won't, it's, it's not like definitely it's safer than like back in the day when I would do on chatterbait and you just have these awful people come into the chat all yeah. night and uh, things like that. It's much more, uh, it's much more secure in a way. So I think it's a great way to get your toes wet for sex work. If you're interested in it. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I had a roommate back in the day and she got it. She, we had to hook up a landline phone because she was doing phone sex and I was very surprised at how quick the calls were some of them lasted less than five to six seconds once they called <laughs> you just go hi how's it going He's like, oh, I'm done because like, I mean you're paying by the minute or whatever so I guess you know it makes sense but hey it was just like okay you sat around all day for three seconds of moaning and that's it <laughs> okay whatever but um, no, I mean, it, it, I'm glad that it, it it's working for you. I'm glad that um, is it a significant source of revenue for you, or um, it pays me more than Twitch does, um, and uh, I don't get paid by Twitch much very often because it's not like a full time job. I suppose I'm not I'm not that popular yet. Um, so it like the last couple months. I thought I've made more than I thought I would, but does it pay my bills? No, it just pays for like my cannabis use, um, really. And, um, you know, uh, like outfits and stuff that I want to dress up as like it, it, it helps me cosplay for stream, um, things like that. It pays for the little things that I can't afford otherwise, essentially. Yeah. And, and then OnlyFans makes up a little bit more than that. Or was that the? Oh, OnlyFans is. Um, I I want to say it's it's not it it doesn't pay the bills either. Neither Twitch nor OnlyFans does. Um, they are there for, like my Twitch money usually goes in right back into my streaming. Like I get like a hundred dollar check every four months from Twitch, and uh, I'm not a, a really ashamed to talk about my income because it's not a sh a shameful topic. Um, and like that that all right so i get paid like every four months one hundred dollars so i've made four hundred dollars in a year from twitch and i've made twice that in the last makes four months from OnlyFans. so it's not significant but it's enough to pay for like a little bit more than twitch would and it helps me you know get those those the thick the cat ears and the, the the wigs and stuff that i've known for and helps me keep my hair cool and all the things that people like to see on either my OnlyFans or my Twitch, it it helps keep those things going. It essentially keeps the thing going. Okay. Well, I, I'm I'm glad it's working for you, and because I yeah I, I've known a lot of people who've switched over to doing things like that. Not only OnlyFans, but streaming and things mm -hmm. of that nature to try to you know get a little extra income, a little extra money. That side hustle. Yeah, you know, I mean, heck, people go and drive Uber, you know, whatever. Right? Or Dash. Yeah, pe pe people are retired and do fucking Uber, like, 
just because they're bored. I have like some like there's like some senior citizens around here that are still in like good health that do Uber in my town because they're bored at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it it's I mean you got you got to do what you got to do and and if you're bored, yeah, that's uh, I, I did DoorDash for a little while, and that was the only reason was because on Saturdays I had nothing to do. So it's like, all right, I'll just sit at my computer. If somebody needs food, I'll go get it. <laughs> Easy enough. And and right. my phone would go off. I'd get in my car, go drive, deliver, and go back home. And it's uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was something to get me out of the house rather than just sit, sit at my desk all day. So yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the like being a stay-at-home mom, uh, you know, and having something like OnlyFans or Twitch uh, to to occupy my, my free time, you know, because my son goes, well, not this year, obviously, because of the pandemic, but my son usually goes to school. Um. <laughs> sure, yeah. So it's some, yeah, something to do and rather than just sit home. And I, I mean, I guess you're going to sit home and smoke weed anyway, so you might as well get paid right, for it. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> let them let them re redo your weed yep support my habit simps <laughs> yeah exactly um something wrong oh no it's fine you can blow i can give you the air if you want to blow it out sorry my partner's ps4 is is making a lot of noise <laughs> uh but All right. Well, uh, so Remy, what, what, um, so Remy, what is your life experience? What have you, I guess, what, what qualifications do you give yourself for like when you're giving advice and things of that nature? Um, okay. Well, I have a bachelor's degree in well, childhood education, but education nonetheless, and I've taken numerous uh, like sex education courses and classes while in college and even outside of college just for funsies you know when I see one that pops up in like my local whatever community center they're doing um, you know I occasionally will see those things it's very hard to find comprehensive sex education uh, in the United States because a lot of people have a problem with it um, but um, other than that um, my experience, I guess, other outside of academia, which isn't doesn't always mean everything, uh, is uh, I guess my relationships and the things I've learned, and I, you know, someone who's been polyamorous since I was uh, like a late teenager, um, and someone who's been very sexually exp like explorative at a young age that I don't like, I don't always recommend, but it's definitely taught me a thing or two. Um, and, uh, I don't know, being a mom also kind of made me realize that, you know, my son's going to need to know certain things in the world. Like, especially with things like consent nowadays, it's super important that he understand and un like sex education and sexual health and uh relationships and things like that and um you know with someone who's been was i've been with his father for 12 years and you know i you know i've you know had relationships outside of that you know that have bloomed and blossomed and you know they've gone on to do other things obviously because we're not together anymore but 
uh, it, it's taught me a lot of things. It's, 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 it's just really opened my eyes to, um, how different relationships are and how not, not every one of them, no, none of them are the same. And you're, you're never going to really have the same experience over and over again. You might have similar red flags here and there, but, uh, you know, everyone's so much different dynamics are different. And, uh, other than that, you know, just copious amounts of mushrooms and acid and, and late nights and, you know, talking with people, uh, kind of that eye-opening, you know, every everyone is a human kind of we're all connected experience. Um, all those things kind of are what make, uh, what have made me feel like I know I'm confident in, enough to know about a, a thing or two and to talk about it. Um, and on top of that, I, it's not that I don't stay relevant. I've got books on top of books. I've, I've got three books right now I'm trying to read. <laughs> you know, I I try to stay up to date with certain things. Um, and uh, I know that eventually I'm, I'm going to hit, you know, I'm going to hit that question. I'm not going to be able to answer um, because I, I don't know everything and I'm, I'm okay to say that. Um, but... I think what I do know is valuable. Um, that's really it. And I th it's very hard to put into words how I, sometimes when I get some of these questions for like my podcast and I'm like devastated at the fact that these, these people weren't taught proper sexual health and wellness and, and, and proper relationships. Like, it, like even I grew up and didn't know what a proper relationship was and like learning what it was at a, a very young age because I, I, you know, I escaped into relationships. My home life was not good. And I learned, you know, that escaping into relationships isn't a good thing, you know, um, and things like that. And, I, you know, you learned how to be independent. Uh, gosh, I, I learned so much, you know, from not just, not just like, like school and sh shit like that and being, even being a teacher. Uh, but, uh, also just the things I've been through and the things I've done and the things I've left myself open to, which is a big thing that people tend to leave out is, you know, you know, oh, I've done a lot. I've seen a lot. But what are you open to? Are you are you open to doing things that you don't think of? Are you are you going to sit there and when someone says something that might sound crazy, immediately judge it to be crazy? Or do you think about it and be like, man, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um I guess that kind of flows nicely into the next question. Obviously, this this podcast that I, I do is mostly about BDSM. If I had to put a number on my own personal BDSM, it's probably about 20 hours a week is what I end up putting into it, a combination of a variety of things. But what kind of, do you have any experience with BDSM at all? I, I did listen to a few of yeah. your episodes. I know that I, there was one about choking. I know that's not necessarily BDSM-y, but I, I heard that one. Uh, yeah. Um, so I, uh, I have, I have a little bit of experience. I wouldn't say I'm totally immersed in the world because there, I have, you know, my, my hard limits are, are nothing compared to some of the people out there. I've, I've definitely, uh, you know, 50 shades of gray has got nothing on these people. Uh, and I definitely, try to know as much about it but as far as my personal experience i i you know 
I liked be, you know, choked up and tied up and, you know, teased and all that. Uh, and I'm not a, afraid of pain to say the least, but I don't f find it to be required for sex. I, I suppose like I am not someone who automatically assumes the role of like little girl in bed or um, instantly goes into like daddy mode or anything like that. Um, I am a very flexible lover, so it's not always BDSM. It's sometimes whatever you want to call it, sex, um, you know, for me, uh, like it's we call it vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could call it vanilla, um, I guess. I don't know if you would consider, like, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess it, the concept of vanilla, like, there's nothing wrong with vanilla. And I, I have the thing of, like, vanilla with rainbow sprinkles, which means, like, it, it don't always, it's, it's not always exciting, but sometimes it can be. Um, you know, like, you know, I, I've been seeing someone recently and they're, they're, I wouldn't say versed in any sort of BDSM or role play or experienced in any form of the word. I'm kind of teaching them how to use sex toys in bed. Uh, but um, are they, do, do they, do they, you know, call me dirty names and, and choke me and slap me and spank my ass? Yes. Uh does it go any further than that? No. Does that does that constitute as vanilla? I'm not really sure. Some people say it would be, but I don't think so. That's my vanilla with sprinkles, essentially. I don't know. Vanilla is such a, a like I don't know. Like for me, vanilla is like straight up missionary. Uh, you know, ten minutes and you know maybe a handful of thrusts. You know, <laughs> but is that just sure. bad sex? <laughs> yeah. well and and i mean we nothing i have nothing against anyone who doesn't practice bdsm in general obviously i mean there's plenty of plenty of people out there that don't and it's fine and and it's not for everyone i i uh, i know quite a few people including my own uh my own parents who it's very much not uh not yeah for. <laughs> I mean, I, I did one of those like quizzes once where it was like an hour long and a bunch of questions and it like shows you all like the percentages of the things, your kinks and stuff. And, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to say like, I, I like a lot of things. I like, you know, I like being a submissive. I'm also a switch though. I will stomp on your balls. Um, um, <laughs> I, I'm not afraid to be uh, a dom of sorts. Um, you know, I, I do role play. I like, you know, corporal punishment. Um, uh, I guess like, I guess I just wouldn't, I guess I don't qualify myself as in the BDSM sphere because I'm not really entrenched into that kind of culture. And that, that is a, a culture of its own. It has, it's, it's, there's there's some like their own language and things and shorthand and uh things that you just kind of people just kind of know and you're like i didn't fucking know anything about you know um i have not uh gone that deep into that world though you know it would be interesting and you know i've i've read some of Anne rice and that gets real real hot in there so if it's anything like that you know i'm i'm game but <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I mean, my my partner um, that I was that I've been with for a long time isn't a BDSM person. Uh, never really has been, and um, you know, I usually went outside of the relationship for those things anyway. And now that I feel like now that I've gotten older, um, I've I've gotten less and less kinky. Uh, maybe I don't know, because uh, I'm too tired. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, and I just wanted to get a, a big idea where you sat, and so that we could uh, figure out uh, help 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 us answer these viewer questions that we've got. Oh, right, yeah. Up. So, uh, but at least you've got a little bit of knowledge, and you, I'm sure you can. I'm sure, you, we can give some good advice to some of my listeners. Yeah. Um, one last question for you is: Is Remy a character, or is that genuinely who you are? Um, so Remy is my gamer name, my gamer tag. It has time. It's what people have called me for years. And, um, I, I, when I started being on an online person, uh, I was like, I don't want to make a persona. I don't want to play a character, but I want to, uh, maybe exaggerate or accentuate parts of my personality that aren't normally that way when I'm just kind of hanging out in my house. You know, my, uh, you know, my, my, my weebishness, my, my woo-woo personality kind of, you know, the cute, cutesy little things or like, uh, the more thirsty part of my personality kind of comes out. But, um, I wouldn't say Remy is a character, um, just parts of me that, I don't really use a whole lot outside of, um, you know, these kind of interactions. And it's, it's a nice thing to have. Um, now is Remy my real name? No. Um, do I protect that kind of identity? Yes. Not for me, but just for like my kid and my family's sake. Um, I know that, uh, I, my mom is, and my dad aren't probably too thrilled about me coming on the internet and talking about sex all the time. Um, and I know it's like a 30 year old woman. That's a silly worry to have, but eh, you know, you've got to be respectful to the people who made you at least a little bit. So I, um, and also just like for my son's sake, um, you know, in case anything did happen, I, I doubt it would, but um, you know, one of those things where like, I had to have a barrier for Twitch and like the streaming thing where I can only allow a certain amount of personal in. And um, I guess that's why people might think that uh, Remy, who I am, is a, a persona, a character, because I'm not, you know, you don't know everything about me. You don't know like, you know, what, what you know, everything. And I, I think that's a reasonable thing though, because, you know, if you intrude too much on someone um and like you you put yourself out there too much it not only is it gonna like like really give you a case of the burnout like you're gonna feel really burned out but you're also gonna feel a lot more exposed when you don't want to be sometimes and that's not a fun feeling to have especially when like there's millions of strangers looking at you um so remy is who i am and uh a lot of ways and Remy is, I don't know. It Remy is Remy. Um, I I answer to Remy more than my actual, you know, birth name at this point. Um, <laughs> for sure. 
and I, and I believe me, I completely understand that. Um, I have, I actually have three different personas. So I uh, believe me, I, I do completely understand. I've got uh, normal me, I've got kinky presenter me, and then I have uh, streaming slash podcasting me. So yeah, I mean, people are, are multifaceted and multidimensional. And uh, I, I guess like, that's why like, I have a hard time believing that anyone really plays a character uh, sometimes, you know, that it's not really a character. It's just a, a part of who you are that you don't work out. It's a muscle that you don't use too often, you know? For sure. Yeah. It may, and it makes perfect sense. I, I, uh, I kind of suspected as much watching your, your, your streams. It seemed that it was fairly genuine, but obviously, yeah, we all have to take precautions and, and whatnot. So but I think you're doing a wonderful job, at least from what I've seen. Uh, Thank you. So uh, your your Twitch audience seemed rather nice. Um, oh, they're on, all very wonderful. Yeah. On a side, uh, this is a side note, and, I, and I'm not going to put this in the podcast. I specifically joined with your Twitch stream with my character, Tout. How did you know that was me? Because uh, I asked for your Discord once, I think, and you gave me that. Okay. All right. That... That makes sense. Then. Okay, because I was sitting there like, oh, I was trying to be stealthy and, and like, and, <laughs> oh, there's Talent with a host of the King of the Chain podcast. Like, what? How did you know that? <laughs> oh, I, I stalk every single person that comes into my chat. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, you got me, you, you caught me red handed. So, all right. Well, well, Remy, I, I mean, I think you're, you've been, do, you're doing a one. Oh. Um, well, Remy, I think you're doing an absolutely wonderful job. I think, I mean, I've seen, I've seen your content. It seems to be all, all rather, rather good. Um, but I did want to talk about one thing in, on Twitch, because I figured you would be a good person to talk about this. The hot tub meta. Hot tub meta. Yeah, baby. Um, so, I mean, they did, did. All right. I want to start with they did start making changes. They recently put something out. I think like last night I saw it um, where they are talking about like they have their own like channel right now and they have kind of their their own little loophole guidelines uh, where, you know, they've even stated to which we're not going to penalize people for being attractive um, which was a big part of it. It was people would just see attractive women and immediately be, uh, oh, that's that's sex, you know. Um, but um, also, you know, it's they've also, you know, explained like it has to be sexually suggestive content that we are going to take in consideration, and that's fine. Um, but before they decided to be a little more accepting of this, uh, I guess thing that people are doing which i have nothing against um go and make your money like do it like i have i have no room to talk one um but like also i don't see anything wrong with it i know a lot of people were upset about it because uh there's like an argument about how well 13 year olds are allowed on twitch and what if a 13-year-old saw this? Or what if a 13-year-old decided to do this? Because a 13-year-old can stream on Twitch. Um, and, like, 
that's where like this kind of gets into that loop of like it's not acceptable it's not okay behavior it's not something that should be on twitch and then like the the argument that twitch is a gaming platform which it, it isn't an only gaming platform um it, so like there's a lot there to like just kind of unpack and i know there's a lot of streamers and even a lot of like viewers that are against the hot tub stream right i'm sure you've seen the backlash you know all the, all the little incels getting mad because you know people are paying women in you know bikinis and they're calling them simps and which isn't a word you're allowed to use on twitch anymore but um so i know there was a statement made by like dj wheat which is a a twitch like employee he represents like part of the twitch like brand um where he's like um pools beaches and hot tubs are allowed and um twitch has no problem with these streamers being in their pools hot tubs or beaches in their bikinis if they so choose so it is a sexual explicit content thing and like it's it always comes to that i think where we're we're more talking about well what is sexually suggestive um what is acceptable content and that's what the, i feel like that hot tub meta really came up like came it was the conversation is well what is acceptable what isn't acceptable uh would you allow a 13 year old to do this well if you wouldn't then it's like that kind of thing it's not okay which is a stupid argument um um i have a lot of strong feelings about people that have a problem with it i guess because it's there's no problem or like uh, i know there's a, tr a twitch streamer that ne didn't necessarily get banned but had her ad revenue taken away um because of her hot tub streams and they were too you know sexually explicit for people to want to advertise on her channel um and that that's you know amazon twitch doing that pr thing and Honestly, I'm I I'm of the opinion cuz as a streamer, you can mark your content mature. I know this because I do it. Um and that means when someone uh logged in or not hasn't followed you when they check out your channel, they and you're streaming, they warn you get a warning saying this is, you know, mature content. Um now, can I can I block people that are too young from my content? No. Should I be allowed to? Probably. I think that that's something Twitch should work on. Like, if we're going to allow, which I think we should, hot tub streams, um, we should uh, have, you know, a mature section for Twitch where, like, you know, the user, yeah, obviously we know most most users use their birthday when they sign up. And, you know, if you're, you know, 18 or younger, or 17 or younger, I, I guess, you you can't watch mature content on twitch um now i guess we're gonna have to be careful and not mark your content mature if you don't want that kind of uh tag left on you i guess but i think i i'm i'm a i'm a big believer of like twitch after dark like let's 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 you know let's be adults and you know realize that you know being comfortable with our bodies is not a bad thing and if someone wants to be a booby streamer, just let them be a booby streamer. If someone wants to be in a fucking cold pool of water, you know, straddling a inflatable banana, okay, fine. You know, like, they're losing 
they're they're losing like not only like a base of people but also just like a a huge like support like from content creators you're going to lose content creators you're going to lose revenue because of that like and it's going to get to a point where if they don't start making exceptions and they stop they don't stop like banning people just because you know someone thought that you know writing a name on someone's thigh is sexually suggestive um you know that i don't know it, it it's it's all dumb just let them do what they want to do like that's how I see it, and I I don't I don't understand why I, I I do you know women and bodies we I'm sure you know too like you can't you can't see a woman you know even in a bikini making sexual which is a programming error <laughs> if you want to call it that um so can yeah that, can you say that one more time you broke up there for a second it's it's uh it's programming error this the sexual explicit like women in bikinis is automatically sexualized a woman that is you know in her bra and panties is automatically sexualized a, a woman fucking breastfeeding is automatically sexualized because of this programming error this patriarchal programming error that we're all like duped into believing that a woman that bears any skin is sexual and that's kind of i feel like where the hot tub thing like the hubbub comes from and it's it's wrong <laughs> it's just wrong did you see the the article out of uh florida this week about the yearbook no i didn't so it was um it i mean it made me kind of sick because it was just high school yearbook um somebody went in after the some of the girls had taken their photos i mean it was you know guys and girls you know standard yearbook thing um they they went through all the the girls and basically if they had any cleavage showing of any kind they went and basically edited it to make them quote unquote more appropriate wow and they only Holy did it to the girls um not the I mean, there was a there was a photo of like the guys' swim team, and they're all in their speedos, and you know there was no no editing there, right? Um, you know, they didn't put trunks on them or whatever to to do it. And exactly, I mean, it, it caused a lot of. I mean, they're, they're offering refunds, and they're giving people the yearbooks, but they're offering everyone refunds for the photos, mm -hmm. like you know, because it was just like some some prude, for lack of a better word. Yeah. You know, um, I don't think this is appropriate, so I'm going to make sure that nobody can see it. Virtue signaling, some moral bullshit. Um, you know, it's it is it is prude. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to be raunchy and thirsty all the time. But uh, to penalize someone, someone for something that, like, they literally, like, if a woman has boobs, you know how hard it is to cover up? Like, I don't have them. Uh, thank the fucking Lord. I don't want them. But like, you know, I could imagine having, you know, rather large breasts and being like, man, it is really annoying to having to, you know, the shit gets hot and sweaty down there. Comfortable. And if a woman is comfortable in a V-neck shirt, who gives a shit? Like, fuck. Yeah, for sure. It's... And in the case of the hot tub meta, I mean, it was, they were following Twitch's explicit rules saying that the attire that you're wearing must be appropriate for the venue that you're in. Yeah. And so it's like, well, I'm in a hot tub. Swimwear is completely appropriate and a hot tub and or at a pool or whatever it might be. And also the whole thing of 
I mean, what's sexually suggestive or arousing? I mean, obviously we have people who are turned on by feet and by hands. And so, you know, if I flash my hand at the camera and somebody gets off on it now, am I considered a sex worker? I mean, right. Right. It, it, it's not, it, there is a lid to every pot and I guarantee you there's someone that probably gets off to watching a girl do really just do really good in a video game uh it doesn't have to be you know you know dressed up and whatnot that can be sexy to someone fuck I just like it's 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 virtue signaling and this unaccepted moral upright behavior that for some reason we all like give into like and say it's okay and it's not <laughs> what about the children you know yeah. okay well here's that the, here's that comprehensive sexual education i'm talking about uh, <laughs> you know yeah. uh if we taught children appropriate sex education for each age from starting from five years old uh this prudent behavior wouldn't be an issue um we would be understanding that women's bodies aren't just sexual objects um so you know programming errors the patriarchy um (laughs) things like that yeah it's all a simulation um (laughs) now two twitches defense and this also happened on fetlife for example uh, we we recently well not recently probably two years ago we had a huge purge on fetlife mm-hmm. and what happened was is in, it kind of broad broadsided a bunch of us because it came down that okay now this kind of content is no longer allowed on fetlife and some of it was like for example blood you can't do blood you can't do even implied um necrophilia even if it's just like somebody's coloring their body gray and somebody's you know doing something to them they're not dead but literally you know that you can't uh some of the ones i did agree with obviously you know don't post a family photo of you and your your two kids or whatever on on fat life okay you know i get that that's makes sense but and everybody thought well oh wow fat life is uh has become prudish everybody's like you know we're not we're not happy about this because My, I had a Who's really going to fucking care? Like, to be honest. Like, who would really care? Nobody. Yeah. It's, um... It's a hard... It's 
I, I could see they were they were stuck in a hard rock in a hard yeah, place. Yeah, they I mean, do. They... You have to do obviously, and you know, we all know that Twitch and Amazon are, are on. Uh, Amazon has already some questionable issues. Um, so you know they're they're not going to be the the company that's progressive, you know, by any means. Um, I mean they have made attempts and strides, but it it's nowhere where it needs to be. You know, Twitch could be a lot uh better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least at least they've got this new category, yeah, yeah. and 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 I and I kind of agree with you that it's like once you've marked yourself as mature, you know, and and you want to, and I, I mean, I, obviously there has to be a line somewhere so that we don't necessarily have even I wouldn't even object to it, but you know, full on pornography on on Twitch, if that's not the kind of platform they want to come. So I know I know we have to draw a line somewhere, but and. I mean, straddling a banana in a bikini could certainly be construed as as suggestive. I mean, I can't not acknowledge that. Right. So where do we draw the line? Right, right. I, it, but, they're, but they're within the rules, so right. You know. It it's just an inflatable pool toy. Like, what are you gonna do about it? And, um, you know, what if that person's a lesbian? Bananas not might not have significant meaning for them. You know, uh, <laughs> uh you never know. There are people that aren't into penetration. Um, so I'm glad that they've made, they're making attempts. They're making attempts to be inclusive, especially with the pandemic and going out to beaches and pools isn't a thing. Um, so they're being inclusive. And I think it's a step. It's a step. And hopefully they do better moderation uh, with it. Uh, meaning like people don't get banned for just being attractive you know which is a thing um i understand i understand certain bands that have come about like when camera angles are directly at the crotch like maybe that's a little too far for you know twitch and i understand that maybe that's where you draw the line no close-ups of camel toes you know um fine whatever uh that that i could understand um but like, um, or like constant wardrobe malfunctions, not like the f a couple, like constant. There are some things you have to take in consideration when you're looking at something like banning a channel. And I think they should do a little more due diligence, at least, if they're going to make these rules and really like get at the heart of why someone was being reported. Um, because I think there are some people that have been banned or at least harassed um, because they might be breaking TOS because they like someone thinks like, you know, someone with double D boobs can just wear a turtleneck all the time. Uh, you know, <laughs> for sure. So. It's yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I mean, I hope this helps. I hope that they can, um, it's like I said, it's, it's always a delicate balance between, you know, not pissing off the people, the, credit card processors which in and of itself is a completely different problem mm -hmm. and not having your platform morph into i mean back to the only fans thing you know did they intend for their platform to morph into a place for sex work who knows i mean you, as you said they don't they're not marketing it like that so maybe this is like well i guess we opened pandora's box here and now this is kind of what we are now but 
if that's not what they want, um, you know, yeah, I could I could definitely see them trying to curve it and and make it not make their platform not make Twitch be associated with nothing but hot tub streams, you know. Well, and or, it won't be. I mean, let's get real. Like we have people that are so angry about hot tub streams because Twitch is a gaming platform. That's never gonna stop. Like Twitch will always have video games on it. That is that is something that's always gonna be. I don't think it's ever gonna go away, right? What? Because what other place does that other than YouTube? And like, because Mixer is gone and all that other shit. So like, really, what is there? Uh, Twitch isn't going anywhere, and it, the gaming stuff isn't going anywhere. Having hot tub streams is not gonna ruin the platform. Like, it really isn't. Sure, it's not. Well, at least I'm glad they're they're moving forward, and and we have a partial resolution, um, and hopefully we'll we'll see we'll have to just see how it plays out. To be frank with you, and see if it if it works. Uh, I'm I'm very happy that they made their own category, and that it's uh, hopefully it works. I was sure. uh, yeah, I've, I've been looking at a few of the streams, and it's exactly what I expected. So, mm -hmm. yep. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they have their own channel now. Like, that's that's a good thing. That's it. Yeah, at least you know what you're getting, so. Yep, exactly. So. Oh. All right. Well, that, that well, I figured that would be a good question to ask you. So <laughs> I think you'd have a, because I like the viewer, so. It's a, common, it's a common topic nowadays, and I'm hoping someday it won't be, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, Remy, do you have time to answer a few viewer questions with me? I do. I do. Perfect. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Our first question comes to us from Jessica in California. And they write, as of late, as you can possibly imagine, COVID has made meeting people in person very difficult since everyone thinks everyone else could have the plague. Do you have any advice for a lonely soul seeking another during these turbulent times? Sure. Um, so as we all, like if, if vaccines aren't uh, an option or you, you're waiting on your vaccine, um, I, you know, there is cyber dating and, you know, plenty of apps that cater to, uh, people that are looking for company rather than in-person stuff. Um, I found myself, uh, in 2020, you know, uh, answering the same question um how do we meet people during the pandemic and you know i'm i'm tinder and bumble and plenty of fish and all sorts of stuff you can use still even if you're not going to have intentions of meeting in person it's talking to that person and saying is it okay if we do a cyber date is it okay if we play a video game together um and really get to know each other uh, maybe a level that you really wouldn't if you were in person um honestly because uh, it, it the internet gives you a, a barrier you know a, a per, like a like a security blanket sometimes where you can you can really like sometimes let yourself be a little more vulnerable without worrying about like judgments like appearance like or anything like that um that is if you don't use cameras and whatnot but um other than that uh vaccinations are important um please go get vaccinated if you want to start dating <laughs> in any 
normal capacity again, um, vaccines are important. Uh, so I do recommend finding your uh, local vaccination site and either getting an appointment or figuring out when you can get a vaccine. Um, you know, you, if you want to do in-person stuff and whatnot, uh, mask it up, uh, make sure you just kind of keep your distance. Like, uh, picnics. Uh, now that normal, uh, nice weather is going out, you know, going on a a nice like going out and you know doing something outdoors is an interesting thing to do but as far as meeting people um i i would i would say to the online it's hard to meet people in person nowadays um but i mean you can do it you're just gonna have to be very careful obviously um though i know some places are like taking away mask mandates now like even my state's <laughs> is getting rid of mask mandates, uh, which is scary. Um, it, I, I would just, yeah, online, use those apps. Uh, don't be afraid of them. I know they can be overwhelming. Um, and maybe in your bio say something about, you know, hey, COVID concerned for whatever reason, whether you share it or not, and be, be, make your intentions uh, known. Uh, be upfront about them. It, it always helps. It really does. Um, I'm not gonna say though. It's gonna be hard. It really is gonna be hard. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a slow trickle into normalcy nowadays. So uh, don't be discouraged if you don't uh, meet people right away. Um, it takes time. For sure. And Jessica, during the pandemic, I mean, obviously this has been a thing of, of a time of innovation in a lot of different respects. I mean, when this first started, there was a, a texting service called Quarantine Together, for example. Um, I tried it out just to, to see what it was about. I had no real intention of meeting anyone because I already have a, a partner and, and whatnot. But um, basically, it asks you, you know, did you stay home today? How are you feeling? And it was collecting that information as kind of a general thing. But if you said that you had stayed home and you had been safe that day, it would then connect you for 10 minutes via a relay number to someone else. Uh, you could text them and whatnot. And if the two of you decided that you wanted to continue the conversation, if both of you said yes, it would exchange phone numbers. And there you go. Additionally, um, there was a service. Well, actually, there was a survey that was put out uh, asking people what did their what they might do post pandemic. And to my surprise, a lot of people said that they're going to do exactly what, what you said, Remy. They're going to be doing digital dates before they go on the first date, at, you know, that awkward mm -hmm. first date at a restaurant or coffee shop or whatever. That they're going to, you know, talk via Zoom or via whatever platform uh, for a little while and get to know each other before they go and meet each other in person, regardless yeah. of vaccination status. Yeah, and I mean, it can help. A lot of people find, a lot of people with anxiety find, you know, Discord or Zoom calls uh, for first dates very relieving. Um, it, it, I think the pandemic has taught us a different way of living. It's a little more uh, accepting sometimes to certain people and certain groups, you know? Yeah. And if you're an introvert, I mean, that's it's a great way where you can you have complete control over the situation 
you're not uh, relying on somebody for like safety calls or um, mm -hmm. you don't have to invite, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're putting yourself in a situation where if you feel unsafe at any point end end meeting, right click block. I mean, it's right. It's pretty, right. It, it's a lot it easier. Um, plus if depending on how you have your camera angle, you don't have to dress up on the, on the lower half. So, you know, <laughs> right. Make the date spicier. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, or or just more comfortable. Either way, you know, sweatpants and and a, you know, wear sweatpants to your first date. You know, you can be comfortable and. Oh uh, fuck yeah. Yeah, and then there's none of that awkward. Who's gonna pay the? Who's gonna pay for half the bill? Unless I guess unless you're both like door dashing it or something and decide. To, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's that is another thing. The with the cyber dating. Um, I know some people like. Uh, each other food or the the person who asks on a date will pay like the the Grubhub fee to order food for that person wherever they live um uh that's another thing like you you can order a meal for someone and like talk to them on a camera and I know it's not the same as in person but you you can still get vibes you can still have fun um Maybe even more so because you can readily exchange memes, like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and it's, uh, yeah, so it, honestly, that would be kind of my advice. I mean, utilize the services that are out there. Um, they're, they're, you're not the only one seeking someone to be, I mean, you got to be honest. You're not... Uh, there's tons of people all looking. So going onto sites, I mean, all the all the usual sites that you can think of, all the dating sites, which for some reason are, are, oh God, what was the one? Oh, OkCupid, yeah, like you know, mm -hmm. OkCupid and stuff like that. You know, there, there's tons of people out there looking and 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 I don't want to say desperate, but wanting companionship or things of that nature. There's tons of in the BDSM world. We have munches, which munches are meetups in like. Well, normally in, in non-COVID times, there are meetups at restaurants and things of that nature of just a large group of people. But right mm -hmm. now, they're all doing them via Zoom so or, or some other platform. So everybody's just meeting, and you can chit-chat. And some of them even use the breakout room feature on Zoom, so you can go and have a little one-on-one -on -one or, or yeah. whatever conversation. Um, utilize those services because you're not alone. And, of course, as Remy said, you know, getting a vaccine – can definitely uh, increase your chances of meeting someone in person for sure. Mm -hmm. Anything else you'd like to say about no. that one? No, that's, that's all I've got. It, I mean, it's very hard, honestly, to, to meet people in general, <laughs> at least yeah. from my, my experience. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, don't give up. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> Our next question comes to us from Toby from Maine, and they write, I'm just getting into this whole kinky thing. What kinks should I pursue first? Are there any that I should avoid, like, pardon the pun, the plague? Oh, uh, oh well, I mean, I feel like, like, as far as kinky stuff goes, you should just, you know, if, I guess, start it with what you're into, or maybe, like, what you might think you're into it or what excites you or what you're interested in first um and i mean most people when they think kinky stuff immediately it's 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 you know the the lighter side you know spanks and tickles and you know fuzzy handcuffs um <laughs> um so 
uh, as far as like what kinks should you pursue first? Uh, I would say ones that are interesting to you that are, aren't super overwhelming or um, something that you might not uh, really know anything about at all. Um, and I would say be open to, you know, just kind of going with the flow in bed. Um, so as far as preparation for a kinky night in bed for me, uh, or I don't know if anyone else does this, I, I kind of make sure I have like whatever toys I want to use readily available, like next to the nightstand. So, you know, for uh, a beginner, I guess for me, I would uh, probably lay out, you know, a paddle that, that's not, you know, too hard, you know, something very flexible and, you know, light restraints or your if you like the fuzzy handcuffs you know go you know real traditional <laughs> and uh you know probably like lube and uh yeah that's probably it um uh, i don't know what do you personally like for kinky stuff like it, it really just for me like it depends on what the person's in too like someone could think like spanking isn't kinky but uh you know anal foreplay is um i i guess just go with what you're comfortable with starting with honestly uh that's what matters and then you go from there and you you uh you know get weird with it and hopefully you trust your partner um i don't know uh, i have i i i like this question and i want to be more about it and i want to be like oh yeah you should you know use this this and this but really i think it depends on what you're into and what you're comfortable with to start sure. and as sure. far as avoid i mean maybe don't you know don't go right into like fisting or uh i don't know things that uh, are a little more uh physically involved like you know being a human ashtray um more extreme side of stuff Okay. <laughs> sure. And so, Toby, the the way that I'm reading this question, I just I want to make sure that that I, I say this very clearly. As far as like, BDSM is not a popularity contest. So if you're asking like, you know, what should I pursue first because, you know, it's more popular, it's going to get me more people. If you try to do it that way and you're doing something you don't enjoy, I mean, first and foremost, you're not going to get anybody who's going to be interested in it uh, because your your heart's not in it. You're just going through the motions. But also, it's just not a it, it, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be, you know, it, you've you've mastered something you don't enjoy. What should you pursue first? What it, what is your heart telling you? What is it that you want to do? Do you want to do bondage? Some people may not want to. Do you want to do impact play, wax play, electrical play? What is it that you want to do? That should be the driver. The thing that I should tell you, though, is that you want to take it very, very slowly. And the reason I say that is because there's a thing in the BSM community that we call sub-frenzy. It also happens at TOFs, but it's usually referred to as sub-frenzy. And what that means is a new person or somebody who hasn't done very much comes in the community and says, I want to do all the things. And they, <laughs> you know, they go from person to person and they're trying everything. And the problem is, is that a single thing, if one of those things doesn't go the way that they expected, or it goes bad, or in some way, it tends to taint everything else that you did that night. So if you've tried 20 things and one thing is bad, now you've got 20 things that you hate, 
or you have a negative association with. Mm-hmm. So, so what I usually tell people to do is to start very, very slowly, start with one, two things, and then add additional things every session, not necessarily in the same night, pro- more preferably on a different night, a different, different party, a different session, whatever it might be. Try those things separately. And if there's something that you don't like or you're on the fence about, try it again before you completely uh, get rid of it. Because on occasion, you'll try something that you don't that you think you don't like, but somebody else does it differently and you do like it that way. Right. The, the, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I Go ahead. I'll f- please finish. No, no, no. no. You're, you're I fine. just I like talking about this and talking about, you know, adding things slowly and gradually. Also, please, for the love of God, safe words. Uh, <laughs> like is someone who is inexperienced and new and whatnot, you need to know you need to be able to say stop when you're not comfortable. Um, so uh, safe words please and thank you for sure yeah and yeah have those have those discussions uh learn and negotiate and at least uh, again right now covid is a kind of a weird time but in every venue i've ever been to if you do not know how to negotiate if you've never done it before find a staff member find an experienced member of the community most people worth their salt would be more than happy to sit down as a mediator and be like okay this is what you don't know and this is what you need to ask and they'll 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 help you out because we don't want people to get hurt. We don't want people to leave the community. We want more people in our communities. So we're going to help you in any way we possibly can. Um, any you should avoid are no. I mean, there's really not anything you should avoid. But again, just be slow. Don't do everything all at once. Learn uh, some of the more dangerous ones, such as even even uh, choking uh, or breath play, as it's referred to. Uh, knife play, things like that. You might need to get a little more instruction before you do it. Don't just grab a knife and start going at somebody. Um, (laughs) But um, there's a lot of different things that you can do that, I mean, you need to learn a lot about some of the things. And then there's others like impact, I guess, as long as you're not beating them on their brain with a piece of rebar, you're probably okay, but it's definitely a good idea to, to get a little instruction into any form of play that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And, so yeah, just take it slow and be and and enjoy yourself. You don't need to try everything all at once. <laughs> yeah, uh, it can be overwhelming for sure. Um, so yeah, I I don't have anything to add to that other than the safe word comment. Yeah, that way more informational than I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 my world. In fact, uh, here after after we finish this one, I, I got to go to the, my local dungeon and be a dungeon monitor for the rest oh. of the night. So that's awesome. That's, uh, that's what I do. So like, it's pretty much, that's my Saturday night. I, I've kind of laughed about it sometimes like, yeah, so people go out drinking or dancing or whatever. And I'm going to a place with a bunch of naked people beating each other, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you know? So, so Toby, I hope that answers your question. And, uh, obviously if you have any follow-up, um, you can feel free to reach out to us podcast at kinkinthechain.com. And that goes for anybody listening who has a question for us. Again, the, the email address is podcast at kinkinthechain.com. We'd love to answer your questions on the show. Our final question comes to us from Cheryl in Oregon. How do I keep my t- 
Our final question comes to us from Cheryl in Oregon. How do I keep my toys clean through this age of COVID? I'm really worried that people will be concerned about catching something. Any tips? I mean, clean them just the way you normally would. Yeah, it really yeah. like just keep them clean. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to necessarily play in hazmat suits, you know. To although I have seen that actually. Uh, we. Oh uh, my god, have you seen some of the COVID porn? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I, I did watch a couple. They hung up a giant sheet of plastic between the two of them because they were in different households. And then one stood against the plastic and the other, then the other one flogged from the opposite side. So it was like, you know, I'm, you're, I'm not touching you. You're, you got We have a sheet between us. It was just like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's one way to do it. But uh, similar to something we echoed earlier, you know, I, I'm not saying you, obviously some people cannot get vaccinated, but it's definitely something you should try to do for you just to protect you because that protects you not the other person but yeah standard cleaning techniques you know just make sure that you're wiping down your toys uh, personally I, I try to wipe them down before scene and after scene unless i'm playing with the same person yeah um yeah you know the, the things you would do after you solo play you do them after anything else you clean them and uh i you know you know i still those that are safe to be like in hotter water i usually you know use more hotter water but um you know uh soap and water um i mean i guess you could use like vinegar i guess some people use to clean certain like materials don't use bleach because those places those things go in sensitive places um so don't use any harsh cleaning chemicals um on your toys please uh, unless you want to destroy the pH balance in your vagina. Um, <laughs> so, and, yeah. And sunlight is, of course, a, for some toys, for example, if you're using leather floggers, um, you can realistically say that it's impossible to clean them 100%, but sunlight is one of the best disinfectants, so leave them hanging for a little while in the sun. Um, you don't have to hang them outside. You know, it's not like a laundry clothesline where you're hanging your floggers out there for your neighbors to see, but you know, set them out in for the a little window. while. Yeah, yeah. Set them out in the window. Let them, let them get disinfected. Time also will just kill them, kill things in general. And even the COVID, I'd have to look it up, but I, as I vaguely recall, COVID can't survive for very long. It's, it's minutes if, if not less. And I mean, if you want to quarantine some of your toys after being used, if you feel like that's comfortable and you're not going to miss out on anything, maybe that's something you do where you kind of section it off and like put its own like separate little bagging, let it quarantine and you don't touch it for like a week. I don't know. Um, I feel like that's a little extreme, but if you're that cautious, I mean, go for it. Or if you have the ability to use toys with specific individuals, like you have three or four floggers and you, you put a little tag on the bottom that says this is for this person and this is for this person. I mean, that would be a pretty good way of doing it as well because they can't give themselves COVID if they already had it kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, just normal cleaning techniques. Um, I had no idea about the leather thing. I've never owned a leather flogger, but now that I know this, I'll put that into my uh, memory bank. Because that's that's a that's a toy I tend to forget about is the the flogging uh, variety. Um, they're not really something you can wipe down and clean. Well, and right now we're all kind of hypersensitive about germs and whatnot. I mean, people who are cleaning their groceries and 
you know, we're washing our hands 10, 15 times a day to, to prevent the spread and whatnot. And Cheryl, I mean, this isn't going to last forever. Eventually, we are going to go back to hopefully some sense of normalcy, or at least the new normal at the very least. And so this isn't going to be as much of a thing. People aren't going to be worried about catching anything more than the cold or the flu uh, later on. So, you know, stick it out, do your best. That's all we can, that's all we can really ask for, of anybody. I mean, when you step into a club, when you're playing with somebody, you do take the risk that something could happen. Mm-hmm. And it's no different than anywhere else. I mean, not just a, even, even in non-COVID times, you know, you go to the grocery store, if somebody's got the flu, you might get the flu. So, you know, you, you take your own responsibility. You know, the vaccine is certainly a, a powerful tool to, to help you and others. I personally, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, of asking. I, I mean, I know we do it for dating. Like, are you, what's your STI status? And then, and now we're going to say, what's your STI status and your COVID status? I mean, I, right. It's like, okay. I'm- I mean, I, I did it. I, it was one of the first things I, I did when I, when I went out, um, is are you vaccinated? Cause I'm vaccinated and not that it would prevent me so much, but I would be more cautious. Um, and I, I probably wouldn't have done some of the dirty things I've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Cheryl, I mean, I hope that answers the question. It, like I said, it's going to be over eventually and yeah. we're going to, we're going to get back to this and, but just do your best time cleaning standard cleaning techniques and if you don't know how to clean something i mean there's plenty of people in this community just ask them how they'd normally clean it it doesn't have to be quote covid clean it just has to be sex toys have cleaning instructions with them if you look it up on any site that you bought it to um i know adam and eve has like cleaning instructions underneath their descriptions and stuff of their sex toys um so even that yeah exactly so Hopefully that answers it and just hang in there. We're, we'll get through this. All right. Well, Remy, that's all the questions we had for today. Um, I, I really do appreciate you being here to, to help out my listeners. And, and it was really great to get to talking to you. And uh, I'd love to have you back in the future if you if you ever wanted to. Oh, absolutely. This was fantastic and so much fun. Uh, I it was It was really fun being here and it was a really good conversation and really good things to talk about well my listeners that wraps up another show and again i wanted to thank remy for being here she she was a joy to talk to and it was a lot of fun but alas we're going to have to say goodbye for this particular episode so as we do at the end of every episode as always stay kinky my friends Check us out on the web at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at KinkChainShow. We don't bite unless you ask nice. Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.